Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to season four, episode 19 of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast. In this episode, we'll cover chapters 82 through 86 in Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Mass. Um, to say things escalated quickly would be an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. So, Kim, please remind us where we are. So, yeah. So, you know, in episode 18, um, the story's pace really started to pick up. Uh, Micah turned out to be a total prick. Uh, Lily sacrificed herself for Bryce. Bryce killed Micah with the Godslayer rifle. Go Bryce. Right? And the entire summit watched it all happen. Which, like, still blows my mind that they were just all, like, flabbergasted staring at a screen instead of, like, really accomplishing, like, mm, fuck all. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> now we kind of get to their side uh, a little bit in this section. Um well, I mean, you got to admit, what were they going to be able to really do five hours away? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just, uh, again, I think this is a good reminder to all of us. Uh, never take all of your good people and stick them in one room five hours away from the rest of your society. Uh, <laughs> it's well, yeah. just not going to end well. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that aside, uh, don't forget, we will be back in the Akatar universe with Silver Flames in November. Uh, we're gearing up to do some fun stuff. Kim and I are testing some things out so that we could do something a little different this time. So I think that'll be really fun. Until then, we will just be wrapping up Crescent City over the next few weeks. Uh, so, you know, one last reminder, it's required. We do it every week. <clears throat> this podcast is not for little ears. Never, ever, <laughs> ever. Nope. <laughs> So on that note, let's go. (laughs) Okay. So 82 opens in the aftermath of Bryce killing Micah and vacuuming up his ashes. Which, like, I'm here for. I'm here for that level of, like, petty ridiculousness. I love it. I love it. It's go, Bryce. However, I do have a question, like, literally right off the bat. (laughs) Yes. It literally just says a gas explosion. She told the ox through the intercom, who apparently hadn't been informed of the details by their supervisors. I'm sorry. Even if you hadn't been given the su- like uh, details from your supervisor, would you have just been like, oh, okay, never mind, and gone the fuck home? Yeah. Like I know. <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, how did that work for her? I don't know. Maybe she just said it like real evil sounding, and they were like, never mind. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know and yeah. I, know. I just who feel knows? like that was wild. I was like, oh, can you smoke? <laughs> like, can you imagine calling Rune back and be like, yeah, no, never mind. We got here. She said everything is fine. It was just a gas explosion. <laughs> well, the funny part is, is, like, Rune and all of them are still watching it. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm like, could you imagine? Hey, she said she's fine. So we just left and we're going to go get hot dogs. Have a nice summit. <laughs> like, well, I'm thinking that in the time that they went to go turn around is when all hell broke loose. Probably all hell, yeah, true. So they turned around and they were like, never mind, bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Man, I thought oh, we were going to get hot dogs and drinks. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair point, fair point. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so yeah, so she, she sends the ox on their way. And uh poor Siri was all upset and she calmed him down and held him until he went to sleep and and she made sure he was okay I mean it's just heartbreaking you know poor Siri just I know I can't imagine 
she pulls her phone out because she's been ignoring messages, right? And Jessica has sent right. her several. But the last message is, please tell me that you are all right. Which, like, I really appreciate. She's like, okay, like, I, I know I've seen everything, but I still don't feel convinced. You good? You good? We good? <laughs> you're alive, right? I mean, I can see you, but you're alive, right? <laughs> right. Like, you don't feel like falling over and dying in the next 30 seconds? Like, you, you good? <laughs> you good? Yeah, pretty much. And she's like, fine. Did you see what happened? And I love Jessica's response. Yes, the entire thing. Everyone at the summit did. <laughs> whole show. We saw the whole show. So, well, that, that answers some of the problems and takes issues out of hands. Um, it's funny because she's not worried about the books and the items in the library. She knows that Jessica had enough spells and wards to keep them all safe. But she does... She sees the corpse for the knock, but there's nothing, absolutely nothing of Lily, and that just kind of breaks her heart. Like, not even like a smudge somewhere. Yeah. She's struggling with the fact that, you know, it's like she, it says in here, the silence is roaring around her, and I think it kind of is, because, you know, it's like Micah dumped a couple of truth bombs on her, especially about Danica, which yeah. I gotta admit, that would be hard. Yeah, that would be a lot. And, and Lily's not there to kind of be that little voice at her shoulder. It's that whole thing of the truth about the horn on her back. And Danica knew what she was doing when she had it inked on Bryce. So. Clearly. <laughs> well, it's better than giving the thing straight over to Micah. Here, let me just hand it to you. you know. Oh, like, no, I know. I just think it's hilarious that like I'm over here like, do we really think this is going to work? And Danica's thought process must have been like, yeah, because I'm out of options. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. I know she was, she was at an interesting point. I will tell you, we find out a little bit more about things in the next book and how Danica knew to do certain things. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. I just, Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's not really a spoiler. It's all good. Well, if I say anything else, it will be. So, <laughs> um, spoilers. Overall, she doesn't feel any different, but she also realizes that she's fucked because she killed an archangel, and the Asteri can basically come and like smite her for that, right? And so she's like, "All right, fine." And I like, I like how at the end of this, she goes, "She should call someone, anyone." Yeah, maybe. But nobody has been pinging her, nothing. Like, nobody's ringing the doorbell of the gallery, nothing. So she goes to get Siri so that they can go home. And she opens up the door. And now she knows why nobody has called or come or anything. <laughs> now she knows. Now she feels like me where she's like, yeah, so that's why the ox left. Because they turned around and were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we don't see it. At this point, they don't say what's going on, but let, let's just go with it that, you know, Mike apparently did work his magic and open the portals because we have Yeah, he did more than we thought over. he did. Yeah, he, he opened the portals at the gates and all the gates are now open portals to hell and the demons are just flocking in. 
So yay. yeah, I mean, I have like a lot of questions about that, but I'm not going to worry about it. I feel like uh, close them. We'll ask questions later. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, we did get an invisible snowflake and it starts off and it's a total change of scene. Takes you over to the summit. Wow, Kim, mine is a physical snowflake this time. I swear to God, it's an invisible snowflake in the ebook. It's physical in mine, but again, in the physical book, this is still only like the second actual snowflake. The others have all been invisible. So I almost wonder if it's an like publishing boo-boo. I don't like, know. Like they're either maybe? all supposed to be snowflakes or they're all supposed to be invisible. I don't know. Anyway, it's invisible in mine. It is not in mine, but anyway, carry on. But these ones don't even really look like the snowflakes from the last book. These ones look like those just like regular little like asterisks. So that's why I think they're a boo-boo. Huh. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Weird. Uh, and, and it starts off quite literally with chaos reigns at the summit. Well, I can't imagine why. Let what could possibly think. be causing that? Uh, you know, Rune's all freaked out because he knows that the Asteri can kill her for murdering a governor um i like how it's the one line in here that just kills me is sabine still stared at the screens unseen as the ancient prime currently dozing in his chair behind her i like that okay can we like talk about that poor old man he's just like i don't know i've seen some stuff and i'm too old to care (laughs) i agree I totally agree, but it's just, it was awesome. It's like, Sabine can't do anything but just kind of sit there and kind of go, uh. Yeah, she's just like, ah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Sabine walks out because she has a call that comes in on her phone and she's walking out and her triari fall into rank behind her. And as they're walking out, because they think that at this point Sabine's going to be named the Archangel for Valbara, which would just be a fucking nightmare for everybody. And, you know, Rune looks at Hunt and he's like, we've got to figure out a plan for Bryce, how to, how to help Bryce, right? And then they're all still thinking, because they haven't quite realized yet, they're all still thinking, oh, well, at least Micah's experiment has failed, because <laughs> they haven't seen what Bryce has seen. Right. And I love it because as they're getting to this point, Hypaxia suddenly shows up because Love her. Hunt has I know she's awesome. Hunt has come and sat down next to Rune because you know he he managed to escape the crazy. So he came and he sits down next to Rune and Hypaxia comes and sits down on Rune's other side with a key in her hand and she unshackles him with the Gorsian stone manacles. Go, Hypaxia. Gotta wonder, like, what she did to get it. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta wonder, like, what little strings she's been pulling all week to, like, pull that off. Yeah, no. My girl. However, they do realize that, you know, because they're all kind of like, oh, shit, she's got the key to the to the shackles, right? And Hypaxia looks at them both, because she looks at both Rune and Hunt, and she's like, that's okay. I think they have bigger problems to deal with, because as she's saying that, Declan's pulling up on his screen what Bryce sees out the front door. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Crap. (laughs) Rune has the best line, because he goes, tell me that isn't what I think it is. (laughs) And that's how this chapter ends, which is just kind of (laughs) awesome. Uh, so chapter 83, we go back to Bryce, and she literally 
has Siri in her arms and she sprints home with Siri in her arms. And as she gets to the building, she's telling her doorman, get yourself and everybody else into the bomb shelter in the building, call your family, tell them to go to a shelter. So I mean, you know, God bless Bryce. So she goes upstairs, she wraps Siri up in a blanket, gives him water and food, knowing, knowing he will be safe in the apartment that, Danica has that damn thing warded like yeah as best Jessica as can has, be done so yeah I mean like Jessica has the has the gallery warded so she's like well the building may not survive but the apartment will so accurate yeah she starts grabbing things in the apartment before she leaves though and she grabs I love I love this list she has Danica's sword she has one of Hunt's handguns into the waist of her jeans. She shouldered his rifle and she has as many packs of ammo as she could fit into every single pocket she could find, including the ones in Danica's jacket that she's wearing. So it's like, oh shit. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like fully loaded up. <laughs> yeah. She is loaded to bear, right? And she goes running up to the roof of her building because she wants to see what she's going out into, because you don't arm yourself like that. And then wing it. Yeah, and and then just going somewhere to hide safely. Like, that isn't her point. So she goes out. She sees how bad it is, and it's bad. By the time she gets up there, though, and that happens, they have at least finally alerted the city, and an alarm has gone out, and all the bomb shelters have opened, so people are going into the shelters. Right. So thank God that it happened. And she calls Juniper. And, and and Juniper actually answers the phone and Juniper's all freaked out and she just tells Juniper, get somewhere safe. Yeah. Have them keep the doors open, make sure that, you know, because Juniper was doing a performance, a dress rehearsal, and of course, you know, yeah. all these rich ass people think that they're so much better than the rest of the world. Gee, sounds familiar. Um, anyway. It's like we're know. living it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. She convinces Juniper to do her best to help them keep the doors open for as long as possible so as many people as possible can get to safety. And then they, you know, she tells Juniper she loves her and they hang up. I mean, it's quite literally like, that's it. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Bryce, Bryce starts taking off because she realizes there, you know, lots of the city, especially, you know, in moonwood and in Fyro and in you know the cbd and so many other areas that there are lots of areas where people can get to safety and have the kind of money and funds to have either built a safe place or have the spells put in place or right what have you but there's one area that doesn't and that's asphodel meadows where the humans live especially where the peeps the- are yeah <laughs> And the poorer humans at that primarily. Most of the people that live there are not even wealthy. They're poor. So she's like, they're helpless. They have all these children there, babies. Somebody needs to go protect them because there's no protocol in place to save the humans in Asphodel Meadows. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of shocked that there aren't I don't know. I feel like we're missing some like really key components to like a functioning society where like anybody at any point could summon some demons. Like I feel like we should have some better protocols in place, but mm, apparently not. We weren't that worried about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. 
I mean, and it's sad, you know, like, but I'm not saying this is a little bit like when all of a sudden we had a pandemic and it was like, hmm, haven't we had pandemics in history before? And it was like, "Mm -hmm, yes. Okay, well, weren't we supposed to have protocols in place for this? Mm -hmm, Yes. When was the last time anybody checked those protocols? Mm -hmm, Never. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we just lived this too. (laughs) It's only been 100 years. They're not important anymore. Okay. Yeah. So I take it back. I'm no longer shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We do get, at least in my version, it's an invisible snowflake. Invisible. Same. Declan, and we're back at the summit, and Declan's like, look, there are demons coming out of every gate in the city. Now, there's no way for them to prove that they're coming out over in the bone quarter, because, you know, there are no cameras in the bone quarter. But, you know, it's pretty safe to assume that if they're coming out everywhere else, they're coming out of the gate of the bone quarter. The difference is everybody at the bone quarter is dead. Well, except for the under king. And so they ain't too worried. Think, yeah. And I don't think the under king is really going to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really uh, understand that concept. So I just stopped asking questions. Pretty much. You know, I, there are some things. Uh, but we do find out, you know, everybody and their freaking brother down there that has any re- sort of authority is on the phone with somebody trying to get something done hunt is sitting okay i just want to say that like yeah hunt yeah never mind you can talk about hunt first but i just want to point out that therian is like the only one i feel like who is like busting his ass for people who aren't his people specifically you know what i mean because he's on the phone ordering them to go to like go ashore and find others and take them with them and i'm like they're the only ones who are like yeah, who are basically already safe. He's asking them to leave their safety to go find others and bring them with them, which I think is interesting. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it just... Hunt acknowledges that what he is seeing, the demons he sees coming out are demons bad enough that he struggled to kill some of them. And that they right. were, you know... <sighs> He, he knows that the people there, even even the Vaynir, but especially the humans, have no chance against these demons. And it's so sad because, you know, I mean, as he points out, he says, these are not the urbane, clever demons like Adis. No, these were the grunts, the beasts of the pit. It's wild dogs hungry for easy prey. So, you know. None of the princes can be bothered to show up and do damage, which is probably a good thing, in my opinion. But Right. You know, at the same time, the princes aren't there trying to stop the chaos either. So I don't know where we go with all of that. Flynn starts working around the protocols because he's telling his people, I don't give a shit, get, get, go, go here, go there, go do something, get away from the, you know, Fyro's fine. We don't need people in Pyro. I need you out there fighting the demons, please. Thank you very much. Um, and the Autumn King is arguing and Sabine argues, you know, the protocols are in place for a reason. But, you know, again, as Hunt and Rune and and Flynn and Declan and everybody and Therian are pointing out, yeah, no, yes, these protocols are there, but the people that need help the most are the ones suffering the most. And I think... Well, it's also a crapshoot, too, because and I can sort of see from their perspective being at like stuck at the summit location, like 
they're kind of screwed because they don't have eyes on the ground. They can't even get a hold of people to get eyes on the right. ground. Right. So it's a little hard, like in fairness, like, you know, I guess we got to cut them some slack. In a way, it's hard to order somebody to go somewhere if you A, can't get them on the phone, and then B, when you get them on the phone, they are so frazzled that they they can't even tell you what's going on. So like in a way, like the fact that Therian is telling his people to go get people, that's because Therian has the unique situation of having people who are probably mostly together and in a safe location to begin with. Correct. Versus the others that were just like out on the street anyway. <laughs> are just like, fuck, man. Like, Pretty what much. are we going to do now? Pretty much. I, I love I love it because Isaiah was on the phone with Naomi trying to get the 33rd moving. And apparently Naomi's line cuts off and Isaiah turned around and he looks at Hunt and he says, the CBD is under siege. The 33rd are being slaughtered. Which is disturbing. Yeah. So does that mean the entire 45th that, that belongs to Sandriel is at the summit? I guess so. And I'm like, not going to lie. I've been a little confused about this whole thing kind of from the beginning. Um, we got that really like long list that you and I pretty closely <laughs> dissected about who was at the summit. And I feel like they are at the summit. I just didn't realize it was like all of them, but I guess it is. Right. They left their second and third in command in charge, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sabine finally does get through, and it's to Ethan. And Declan just throws the call up onto the speaker so everybody can hear. Right. They, they're they able to locate that Ethan is outside of the den, so he is not in the safe zone. And he's like, they're everywhere. We can barely keep them away. And Sabine's like, hold positions, hold your positions and await further orders. And Hunt turns to Isaiah and asks, when can the 32nd get, make it down from Hylene? Which is, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where uh, Bryce's parents are. Beats the fuck out of me. This is why we need a map. Right. Um, and he's like, it's going to be an hour. I can't get them there before an hour. It's the fastest they're going to get here. And he's like, and, and of course, at that point, you know, Hunt realizes that it's too late. An hour literally isn't enough time. And that, you know, they don't even know at this point, is Naomi injured? Is she dead? Is she just fighting? They, you know, Flynn, God bless him, is yelling at his ox that he's got on the phone to surround the Rose Gate to fight the demons. And, you know, it's like... I feel for whoever Flynn is talking to. <laughs> because I understand Flynn's feels right now. But what he says has to make whoever's on the other end be like, well, fuck you too, man. Because he what he says is, get the Rose Gate surrounded now. You're just handing the city to them. You know whoever's on the other end is like, my dude, then you get your butt down here and do better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, they're going to have to have a heart-to-heart -heart later where they both apologize for some mean stuff they probably are going to say to each other. Fair, fair, fair. If if the other guy is still alive, absolutely fair. <laughs> <laughs> like totally fair but Hypaxia Hypaxia is I really like Hypaxia because I love her and I just like how, love how like chill she is about the whole thing <laughs> she's very calm and she gets on the phone she she you know she's talking to some underling witches and she's like suit up and move out we're heading in 
Like, everybody else is kind of looking at her like, the fuck are you right. doing? Like, what? And then she she is telling them to the city now. Like, fuck this. We're going to the city. Like, get get your shit together. We're headed out. Like, Ugh, let's go. Yes. And then she has, like, the best answer to Sabine ever. Yes. Because Sabine's like, you'll be slaughtered. And I back turns around and looks at her and says, I would rather die like her than watch innocents die while I'm sitting in here. And the her she's pointing to on the screens is Bryce. Yeah. And she is literally racing through the city. And as it says, not running from the danger, but into it. And she's yelling at people to get inside, to find shelter, to, you know, get to a bomb shelter, to get to safety. Right. And Fury is like, what in the fuck is she doing? (laughs) And Bryce is running and shooting and slashing with the sword. Like, she's doing everything she can to kill demons on her way. And Hunt is realizing what's going on. And he's the one who says, you know, he, he realizes... The most defenseless place in Crescent City, full of humans with no magic, no preternatural gifts or strength. And Hunt looks up at all of them and says, she is headed to the meadows. You know, and she knows, like, she's walking into our slaughterhouse. Like, it is a charnel house, and she knows it, and it doesn't stop her. Like, she, she just keeps going. And I have to say, I respect that at such a high level, like... Yeah. It kind of takes me back to um to 9/11. You know, and all the people that ran in. Right. Right. Instead of running out. And, you know, all those first responders, especially in New York, who ended up losing their lives because they they went in. Right. Not even really knowing into what. Yeah. Right. Um but they went in because that's their job and that's just who they are. Um, we had people who did that at the Pentagon and, you know, you got to think about that. They ran in towards danger. They didn't run from it. Yeah. And so seeing Bryce, you know, seeing her do that, like in, in the story and I say seeing it cause you and I've talked, I get that movie in my mind. <laughs> yeah, we see it in our heads. For those of you who don't, I'm sorry. And also I don't understand how you read, but that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> That really is one you and I can have because I've been listening to some really interesting podcasts lately and it's a conversation (laughs) that has come up in a couple of them actually. I'm glad that we're all confused. We're all like, what? You do what? (laughs) Well, no, because um, I'm finding, especially in two of the podcasts, but one in particular, one's an author, one's an editor and teacher, um, but they, you know, have known each other for forever and they're both in the thing. But they both they both get that movie in their mind. Right. And so it's it's really interesting to listen to them talk because I'm just like, oh, you and yeah. I have these conversations so yeah. many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, I but another thing that you actually brought up to me when we talked about this offline and I thought that that felt accurate too is like this whole section where Bryce is coming, like she's running into the danger per se. You pointed yeah. out that it feels very much uh, Feyre co- coming in to defend Valaris. Exactly. At the yeah. rainbow with her water wolves and the whole bit. Like, yeah. She's coming to the rescue for the defenseless. Yeah. And I'm like, you, 
you go girl. Like you could have gone to the townhouse and hidden and taken people yeah, for safety. Yeah. But no, what do you do? You decide you're gonna use your your power and become a force yeah. of good. Yeah. Um we get an invisible snowflake, at least in mine. Is it invisible in yours? Yeah. Okay. And it goes back to Bryce. And you know, she's like, it's worse than she imagined. She's she's already sore and hurting and well, yeah. Kind of doing her thing. Um, because she's been doing this at this point, she's probably been doing this for a couple hours at least. At least an hour. Right. A good hour, solid. Because remember, it's probably a couple when you count in her um battle with Micah. So for sure, for sure. I can only yeah, imagine. when you when you put yeah, all of it. Well, yeah, I don't know. I would love to see that timeline out. There are people who are very good at that and I'm not one of them. Um, but I would love to see that timeline out from yeah, like because yeah, she had all the steps. She had to save the dog cat, a cat dog, and <laughs> you know, take cat dog back up and get it a snack and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So more time is yeah, it's been a while and she's probably feeling uh uh, we'll beat to death. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Because, you know, because remember, she ran from, from work, dropped Siri off and loaded up and ran back out. So God bless her. I mean, it's it's been a few hours she's been at this. Crazy. She's helping people find shelter and yelling at them to get safe and killing demons and the whole bit. You know, she realizes that all of her training with Randall, every hour between the boulders and the pines of the mountains around her home, every hour in the town rec hall, all of it had been for this. So God bless her stepdad for stepping up and being the dad that she really needed and training her to do this because God knows where we would be otherwise. And that's the end of the chapter. And we have chapter 84. And Hunt is just mesmerized watching Bryce do her thing. Okay. And then we hear Hypaxia having a conversation that my brain, I read this sentence three times and had to close the book for a second and open it back up. Because Hypaxia says into her phone, what do you mean all the brooms are destroyed? And I was like, I'm sorry. Hold on. I got a world building question, friends. I'm fucking what? what what (laughs) your witches were gonna take i'm sorry what did i really just fucking read a sentence that your witches were gonna take fucking like broomsticks they were gonna hop on their broomsticks and fly through this what what y'all got machine guns and cars what the fuck why are you what (laughs) like my brain fully shorted out and then all I could think, and that's why I had to close the book and like bust my out laughing for a minute before I could open it up and like take it seriously again. All I could think back to is like, remember in Sabrina the Teenage Witch when they were like, we've upgraded to vacuums. <laughs> yes. I, I could not stop thinking, what, your brooms are a problem? Can't you like hop on a Roomba? Like, let's go. I was like, I am so oh, fucking gosh. confused. And then I thought that too. I was like, I'm sorry. Your broom, your broomsticks, your broomsticks got destroyed. Okay, cool. Can you take some other mode of transportation? Like, is the broomstick the only fucking way? Like, did Hypaxia pull up to the summit and park her broom outside? Like, I'm so fucking confused. That I don't know. I mean, truly, I don't know. Though, I will say. that blew my damn mind. (laughs) So, I will say, for those of you that have also read Throne of Glass, I had this weird flashback moment to... Do they ride brooms in that too? 
Yes. Holy fuck. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I cannot believe we are writing books where witches bribe, what, ride broomsticks well, okay, in like okay, stop, the stop, 2000s. Stop. No, no, stop. Because Throne of Glass is a traditional fantasy setting. So uh-huh. we don't have automobiles. No, that I understand that. That's fair. But I'm pretty sure the broomstick thing is a little bit mm, questionable. <laughs> Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, I still stand by it. Some wacky world building. That would be like mm, pulling in a gingerbread house right about now. But anyway. <laughs> Just wait. When you read it, you'll understand. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, okay, but though, there's no way you're gonna make it make sense now. Is my point? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't have it make sense right now. And this, and this one, I can't. I'm barely gonna be okay with it in Throne of Glass. I will let it go, but I'm gonna barely be okay with it. There is no way I'm cool with the concept of a fucking broomstick in Crescent City. <laughs> well, exactly. Here, you're I gonna find pull it up in your weird. helicopter. You're gonna pull up in your like sweet your little, like motorcycle, and you're gonna fly in on your broomstick. <laughs> like the fuck. I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, I don't know. It's okay, Kim. You don't gotta I, have all the answers. It's fine. <laughs> no. But I did have a really weird flash to Throne of Glass. Like I said, anybody out there who's read Throne of Glass will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they patch in whoever's on the line talking to Hypaxia, whoever she's on the phone with, and, and this person says, they're all in splinters. Your Majesty, the Conference Center Armory too, the guns, the swords, the helicopters too, the cars, all of it wrecked. Oh shit. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> and Hunt's like feeling sick, and the Autumn King is like, Micah. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, but also, like, I sort of get it because like I guess it's just interesting because, like, I think everybody's so busy being in, like, the, the like, heat the of moment. the moment, like, trying to, like, just find answers, yada, yada, that the Autumn King's the only one at the moment who doesn't have much of a dog in the fight, you know what I mean? He's like, mm, my higher-up peeps will probably be okay, I'm here, my son's here, uh, kind of sucks the Bryce's out there, but, like, mm, other than watching her on this camera right now, I got nothing. Um, right. so like, I think he's the only one who right now is able to take a minute and take a step back and like, start putting all the pieces together and be like, uh, guys, like this was way more premeditated than I think we thought 20 minutes ago. Exactly. Exactly. Like, which, which again, it probably doesn't hold a lot of value right now because like, we're busy trying to like fight the fire of the moment. But I think it's just important that he's pointing that out for future reference. <laughs> No, I agree. I agree. Um, Fury jumps in and finally is like, I have a helicopter and I keep it off-site. Genius. girl. The only smart one. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, honestly, I think she is, but that's a whole different story. Um, (laughs) You know, Rune's like, fine, then we're going to move out. And of course, Sabine's like, the city of the slaughterhouse, hold your posts in Moonwood and Fyro. Like, she's yelling at people to stay put. And, you know, they're like, get people to the old square. And, you know, Sabine's like, there are no wolves left for the old square. And this somehow wakes up the prime. And I love this whole moment because it's a kind of cool I know. It is so interesting. 
because he looks up and he, he looks at the screen and he says, one wolf remains in the old square. And everybody's looking. And then it's like, it's, it's Bryce wearing Danica's jacket and carrying the Fendir sword. But it's Bryce. And, and Sabine's like, that's Danica's sword you're sensing, father. And the prime, each worn eyes blinked unseenly at the screen and his hand curled to his chest. A wolf, he tapped his heart. Still, Bryce fought onward toward the meadows. Still, she ran interference for anyone fleeing for the shelters, buying them a path to safety. A true yeah. wolf. Yeah. And again, there are all of us out there who have read other series by this author, um, Throne of Glass and all, and we have our own bizarre little theories about what this is in reference to. So, mm, you know, hey, what do I know? And I just want to take a moment and be like really um, thrilled with the randos on the internet who uh, a while back on TikTok, there was a filter people were using. They were like, from this filter, like, what would I be? Like a fae, a witch, or a wolf? <laughs> and I did it right when we started this book. And uh, a bunch of people were like, wolf, for sure. You're definitely a wolf. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the old man being like, those are my wolf peeps. Uh, yes, I will make the old little old man proud. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so thanks, Randos on the internet. Made my day. <laughs> hey, I don't even know where I would fall. I didn't even try. Um, it was a weird little filter. <laughs> but I love this because Hunt turns to Isaiah and says, give me your phone. I know. And Isaiah's like, the fuck? <laughs> he doesn't say anything. He picks up the phone. He dials a number that he has memorized. Now, I gotta tell mm -hmm. you, when I read that, the very first time I thought, oh, okay, he's calling Bryce. No! Right, right. No, nope. that's not who he calls. Because he picks up the phone and he goes, you owe me a god's damned favor. And the Viper Queen says, oh. Oh. And we get an invisible snowflake. <laughs> I want to know why he has her phone number memorized, but that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, I think he says something later in here, or somewhere in here, I feel like it says, like, he memorized it because he, like, didn't dare, like, write it down anywhere or something, and I'm like, right. I kind of get it, but on the other hand, like, for reference, my husband and I have been married for, like, three years, we've been together for, like, a lot more than that. Um, I only know his current phone number, do not know his previous phone number, do not know my sister's phone number, do not know my mother's phone number. I literally only know my husband's phone number because I needed to get points at Wegman, like Wegmans and Haler's Teeter and all the places. And then I know my dad's cell phone number because it's been the same number since I was like six. But like, <laughs> I know zero phone numbers. <laughs> so there's no way in hell that if I was trying to do a drug deal, I'd be like, mm, let me memorize this. I'd be having to like write it on a post-it and hoping for the best. <laughs> like I say, there are numbers that I've memorized. I've ha I've got my husband's number memorized, had it memorized for years. My mom's home phone number and my mom's cell phone number, because my mom's cell phone number is the same as she got. It's the same number that she had when she got her first cell phone. And anybody who's known me for any extended period of time will know that my cell phone number is the same cell phone number I got when I got my cell phone some almost 30 years ago. Um, so anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I think I forget my own phone number, so don't even worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> it's just weird that I can say That's honestly, a lie. My old boss. 
my old boss from my job before the job where I met you, I remember his phone number just because I had to basically pretend to be him so often, like when people would send emails and stuff that I just got really good at like spouting his phone number off. And like I signed into like all of his stuff for him. So a lot of times like the security stuff would ask for like a cell phone number. So I know his, but um, like, what good does that do me? Can't call in a favorite. Like, I don't got no Viper Queen favors from him. Anyway, yeah. So, memorize phone numbers. Get favors. Carry on. <laughs> and on the other side of this invisible snowflake, they're going to follow Hunt. He Hunt is getting ready to follow Rune and Fury to Fury's helicopter. Jessica's phone rings. And she says, it's Bryce. And Jessica you know, is, is she, she looks at deck and tells him, bring it up on the speakers and merge the call with the ox lines. And they realize she has just crossed into the meadows when they check. I'm just, I just also want to make a side comment that I had notes in here, like all over the place that were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This man can like get all of these feeds up and get all of this like sound and like merge it. and blah, 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 blah. But there's no way for us to like get into like call Bryce. <laughs> There was no way we could get voice to Bryce. We can hack into all these other things, but we cannot possibly <laughs> get to Bryce. Well, even if Whatever. they tried, they may not. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Jessica may have been trying to call her and rem- yeah. she had her phone on silent. So she's not even going to know. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought it was funny. This sort of feels like all of those like CSIs and stuff where you'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can get like immediate DNA results, but I can't see who is on the camera footage. What? <laughs> Pretty much. There are some definite, huh. Moment. It's fine. I find that in anything that ever has like a hacker type character, there's always sure. like questions where it's like, how come I can hack some stuff but not the other stuff? That doesn't really make any sense to me. I agree. It's fine. I just enjoy that we have a hacker type character. They're always the best. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just about finally like Bryce. And Bryce is like, tell whoever at the summit that I need backup in the meadows. I'm headed for the shelter near the mortal gate. And Rune is like, Bryce, it's a massacre. Get inside that shelter before they all shut. And her rifle goes off. It's reloaded. And she's like, you know, there is. And, and you know, Sabine's like, look, there is no backup for the meadows. Every pack is stationed. And Bryce is screaming, and she's like, there are children here. There are babies. And it kind of shuts everybody else up. And I told Kelsey, and I mean it now, you guys, every time I read this, it makes me cry because it, oh, yeah. my heart. I know. All of a sudden, this voice comes through on the line. It says, I'm coming, Bryce. I know. I know. I read that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's Ethan. And he says, we're all coming. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. It just makes me cry. <laughs> <wrong. laughs> Kip, you knew it was coming. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm, let me get, let me flip to the page. Kelsey's taking over. Kim's going to cry. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is too funny. <laughs> oh. Anyway, but he says we're all coming. It's Sabine yelling at him, you're disobeying the direct order. I know. 
and he just hangs up. <laughs> yeah, and no, so I know. Every other wolf who's on that call. Yeah, yeah. Like a- Which also tells you that, like, I don't care what Sabine thinks she is, they all answer to Ethan. Yep. You know yeah, what I mean? Fat, yeah. And it was a big fat F you to Sabine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just thought that that was really, I don't know, it kind of goes back to what you and I were saying earlier in this book, where it's like, Ethan just needed time and when push came to shove he is exactly who we hoped he would be you know what i mean so i do love that for him i think that's great which is why it makes me cry and it makes kelsey laugh at me but i can't help it's fine i'm only laughing because i did i know i got like teary-eyed when i read it but i just laughed because like i got teary-eyed when i read it the first time not now (laughs) every single freaking time it's fine i thought it was adorable anyway (laughs) I'm convinced it's the empath in me. You know what I mean? Sure, I sure. No, I get it. I get it. Um, we get an invisible snowflake. At least I do. And <laughs> same, it, same. It's actually from Ethan's point of view. And he says, you know, the wolves could be at the meadows in three minutes. And he talks about, it's not just I was gonna the wolves. Say- can I read it? Because I think it's really cool. Yes. Like, I, I flagged this section because I thought it was really interesting. He said, three yes. minutes in a flat out run, a sprint to save the most defenseless among them, the human children. The jackals joined them, the coyotes, the wild dogs and common dogs, the hyenas and the dingoes, the foxes. It was who they were, who they had always been, defenders of those who could not protect themselves, defenders of the small, the young. Shifter or true animal, that truth light etched in the soul of every canine. And I thought that was super cute. Okay, like, I don't know if you've been, like, out on the internet, but, they're, you know, dogs have gotten a bad rap lately because of a yep. horrendous thing that happened to one lady and her family. And, like, that sucks and it's awful. It, you know, shit. I hate to be the person who boils it down to shit happens, but it's like you just cannot mitigate every possible thing that's going to happen on Earth. You know what I mean? You just right. you just can't. Oh, and that is horrendous. But, like, I'm not going to stop having dogs because of that. And I just yeah, feel yeah. like this. And I just feel like this situ, like this section, like read so like true to me because like I know like while I was pregnant, my dog was like up my ass all the time. That dog like would not let anybody, like including my husband, like come near me. And then like now she's super protective of the baby. We'll pretend to like chase the kid around the kitchen, and that dog will literally get in our way and bite us, like not hard, but bite us. To be like, no, like get away from her. That is a baby, you know. And it's like we yep. know it's our baby, <laughs> 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 but, but like she'll nip at us to get us away from her. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I, I don't know. I really like this section because I love the idea that like whether they were shifter or actual animals, like out on the street, that they all identify that like the kids needed them and I was like that like made me so like I was like so happy and sad at the same time <laughs> yeah pretty much like it just yeah I swear I'm much I, I, I probably am just way too em- empathic yeah. for my own good yeah I'm yeah. convinced of that but I thought that um, was great it is and Ethan is just sprinting towards the meadows and the last thing in this this it it just how he explains it you know he says with the weight he sprinted towards the meadows with the weight of that history behind him burning in his heart he prayed he was not too late and that's the end of the chapter but oh my god because i know that's a double-edged sword with with so much meaning because it's not just yeah the history of 
them being the caretakers of the defenseless, but the history between he and Bryce. And I know that that's part of it. And I think that's probably part of the reason why I get so choked up because it's like, God damn it, take it fucking long enough, asshole. I know. Get your head out of your ass finally, though. And so chapter 85 opens and Bryce is at the meadows and she's like, it's stupid luck that's keeping her alive. She's convinced of this. And she realizes they're coming in everywhere and, you know, she has a choice. The gate is in one place, the shelter is in another. But if she stands in an intersection near it, she might be able to buy the people running to the shelter time. So she takes her stand at an intersection close by. Yep. And she realizes she has six rounds left in Hunt's gun. That's it. The rifle. So she's like, well, I guess I better make them count, you know? And it kind of makes me right. think back to the whole, um, the story about Bunker Hill. Don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they were so low on ammunition. Um, Accurate. Kind of a, you know, kind of a similar thing here, I guess. And, you know, she's firing and she does everything she can. She kills as many more demons as she can with what she has left. And this one demon comes after her finally. And she goes to fire and she realizes she's out. No more ammo. She's completely out. The gun's out. She's like, well, shit. Now what do I do? All she's got left are knives and swords. That's it. The Danica sword and some knives. So, so that's going to be a good time. Yeah. So she's trying to use one of the knives because she got pinned and the sword's on her back. So she can't even get to the sword. When quite literally this blade comes slicing through the head of this demon. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And she looks up and it's one of the Viper Queen's fae bodyguards. Dun, dun, Which dun. is like kind of cool that they did show up. <laughs> so we know what fi- favor uh, uh, Hunt asked. Yeah. <laughs> and she and, held up her end like, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so she sent her, her, her bodyguards and you know, as she says, no venom-addled stupor to be seen, just lethal precision. And right behind the fey bodyguards come the wolves and all the canines. Right. And just as she thinks, here she goes facing down yet another demon, and this one might actually be the end of her. She realizes she's going to be okay. She faints one way, enough to throw the demon off. And Ethan, in wolf form, comes through and rips the throat out of the demon, thus killing the demon. Yep. And I just love it. And as soon as it's done and they know that the dumbass is dead, um, the dumbass demon is dead, Ethan literally shifts back into his human form. And they don't say anything, but I love this little moment in here. It says, their stares held, and all the words she'd needed to say hung there. She saw them in his eyes, too, as he realized whose jacket and sword she bore. She offered a grim smile. Later, if they somehow survived this, if they could last another few minutes and get into the shelter, they'd speak then. Ethan nodded, understanding. 
and we get a snowflake or an invisible one again in my world. Um, Declan, we're back at the summit. Declan announces that the shelter doors are going to close in four minutes. And Rune's like yelling at Fury, where's your helicopter? Why hasn't it arrived? <laughs> and at this point, the door at the top opens and Sandriel comes marching back in, but by herself. None of the Triari are with her. She's just marching in. She realizes that he's sitting between Hypaxia and and Broom. Yep. And her calm, she takes her seat and she's very calm. She goes, there's nothing we can do for the city with the gates open to hell. We're under orders to remain here. So I now know who she was on the phone with. Guess uh, so. And she says, we are to remain here. The Asteri are sending help. Now, I don't know why. <laughs> why. Everybody's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'm not sure that that's going to be the help you want. <laughs> I mean, where are they sending help from? One. Two, what kind of help are they sending? I mean, I have questions at this point. And Declan's continuing his countdown on the doors shutting to the shelters. You see all these humans in the meadows just desperately trying to get into the shelter. And Bryce and Ethan are fighting side by side. The siren goes to warn that the doors are closing 30 seconds. And she and she and Ethan are like, we gotta go. And Fury's like, they're too far. And Hunt's like, they'll make it. And Bryce is literally holding on to Ethan as they're racing for the shelter. Apparently he's bleeding. Um, so Bryce is basically carrying his ass to the shelter door. And we have 15 seconds and they're still not quite there yet. Ethan's pack is losing their grip on the door, but they're desperately trying to keep it open so that they can get in. And then Bryce realizes that where they are, there's not enough time for both of them to get through the door. So she makes a decision. Yeah. And Hunt realizes it as soon as it happens, watching her. And she shoves Ethan forward and gets him into the shelter. And it's yeah. to save Connor's brother. And the boom that echoes across the city as every shelter door shuts. Because it's an automatic timer. So we've lost. So from Bryce getting getting to her apartment to, yeah. to now has been an hour. And they realize, you know, Bryce realizes for the first time, she really doesn't know what to do at this point. She did her job to get everybody she could into the shelter in the meadows. Like, let's face it. There's only so much yeah. she could do. Absolutely. And so we get an invisible snowflake. It comes back to Bryce completely, and she's just like, it's quiet where she is because the demons have moved on. However, the sun sure. is starting to set. So now she's like, well, shit, we know what's coming next. Yeah, now, now we're about got... to have a whole host of uh, new problems. Exactly. A uh, huge host. Uh, the Viper Queens, Fey Warriors that are still alive are fighting. And she's like, if I could make it to... It go... it... And here's the thought. And... um. As she says, you know, some of the some of the Fey warriors had fallen and they were heaps of metal and steaming armor and blood. 
that's a that's an image. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a pleasant one. But she's thinking, all right, if I can get to my apartment, it had enchantments enough to protect her and any others she could get inside, but it was 20 blocks away. It might as well have been 20 miles. And then an idea flares. And she's weighing it. She considers and she thinks she could try. She had to try. Bryce took a bracing breath in her hand. Danica's sword shook like a reed in the wind. She could make it. Somehow she would find a way. And she's just running. Now she's running for the old square. <clears throat> and of course, she's following the line of destruction into the city. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, she's seeing all these dead bodies, human and Shifter and Faye and the Viper Queen soldiers. And yeah, I mean, it's not like she's finding anyone alive. Yeah, not like it's going okay. <laughs> yeah, but she's out there and she's running. She sees a demon barreling in from the sky and it knocked her back and she gets shoved into a car. She manages to get herself out and safe and in one piece. And she keeps thinking the old square, if I can make it to the old square, two more demons are racing for her. And the only thing she could do was run as the light began to fade alone. She was alone out here. And that is the end of the chapter. Yeah, I still love that. Also, she notes that, like, when she first, like, when the um, doors all close to the shelter, she can hear probably it's Ethan um, beating on the door from the inside, yeah. screaming for her. Yeah. So, chapter eighty six opens, and it's starting to get quiet, and we're back at the summit because Declan is checking the audio, and every place he goes, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And the voids are, you know, as as they say, you know, the screams had diminished, cut off one by one, not from any calm or salvation. That's depressing. Uh, the voids and the gates are still open. You know, Hunt knows that when night falls, the true horrors of hell would come through. The kind that did not like the light that had been bred and learned to hunt in the dark. And he realizes, you know, Bryce is still out there. One, one mistake, one misstep, she would be dead. There would be no healing, no regeneration, not without the drop. She made it over the border of the old square, but she didn't run for safety. Nope. She seemed to be running for the heart gate where the flow of demons had halted as if hell were indeed waiting for true night to begin before its second round. Now, yep. I don't know why the hell she's... Eye thinking. of the storm. We're in the eye of the storm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it, but okay. She, you know, ducks in. She finds a, a, a little sheltered area. And she ducks in, and she just kind of stops for a few minutes to rest. And Hunt says, you know, he knew that position, the angle of the head, a soldier who had fought a good, hard battle, a soldier who was exhausted but would take this moment, this last moment, to rally before their final stand. Uh, Rune's completely freaked out and terrified. The Autumn King is just sitting there. And I, I like how it says, the Autumn King said nothing, did nothing, as he watched his daughter on the feed Declan placed on the main screen. And you got to think, what the hell is going through that man's mind? Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I'm not sure what we expect him to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. 
it's so bizarre. And Bryce reaches in and they realize she's taking out her phone. And they and and Hunt's like, yeah, she's gonna call her mom. But when the phone when when she punches the button, it's not to her parents, but a phone in the summit starts ringing. Yep. <laughs> and everybody starts looking around to see whose phone's ringing. And logically, they look to Jessica because they assume she's trying to call Jessica since Jessica's trying to call her. Right. And then they double check that it's not Rune or Fury. <laughs> no. Sandriel pulls the phone out of her pocket. And it's Hunt's phone. Bryce had called Hunt. And everybody is just like, but Rune in particular is like, give him the phone. I love that Rune actually says it too. He's like, no, give her the phone. Like, and he must say it with enough gumption because she does. Mm-hmm. And he picks up and he says, Bryce. And, you know, remember, they're watching her. And she's like, Hunt? I thought it would go to audio mail. Help is coming soon, Bryce. And she's like, no, it'll be too late. And he's like, get to a safer location. Do not get any closer to the gate. And she's like, it's still wide open. And then he's like, go to your apartment. Stay there until help comes. And Bryce just stops. And she's like, Hunt, I need you to call my mom. I need you to call my mom. I need you to tell her that I love her, that everything I am is because of her, her strength and her courage and her love. And I'm sorry for all the bullshit I put her through. Tell my dad. The Autumn King stiffened <laughs> when she says that. Yeah, because he's definitely thinking she's going to be like, tell him to shove it. <laughs> tell him I said, fuck you, asshole. No. She says, tell Randall that I'm so proud I got to call him my father, that he was the only one that ever mattered. Hunt is like, Bryce, you've got to find a safer place to go now. And she's like, tell Fury I'm sorry I lied, that I would have told her the truth eventually. And then she says, you know, tell Juniper, tell her thank you for that night on the roof. Tell her I, that I know now why she stopped me from jumping. It was so that I could get here to help today. Oh, say, see, you're starting to cry now. I'll cry until what she tells him to tell Rune. Then I get all sappy. <laughs> it's because I know that's what's coming. <laughs> oh, fair, <God>. fair. <laughs> And of course, in that split second before she gets to that point, Hunt looks up and he didn't know that she had gotten that bad, but Rune didn't know. And Rune is just devastated. Yeah, because I think he thinks he did as much as he could and doesn't realize how much he missed. And then she says, tell Rune I forgive him. I forgave him a long time ago. I just didn't know how to tell him. Tell him I'm sorry I hid the truth and that I only did it because I love him and didn't want to take anything away from him. He'll always be the better one of us. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, and then if you're not crying now, then the way Hunt takes this next piece of news just really fucking knocks you in the face. <laughs> because Hunt 
is just like, like Rune is totally destroyed. He's like, oh shit. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. And I'm upset. And Hunt is just like, she's got to stop talking. Otherwise I'm going to cry is what he's thinking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, actually, uh, because he's trying to tell her like, you know, stop, like stop saying your goodbyes. And she says to him, Hunt, I was waiting for you. And like everybody is just dead silent as she's saying this. And then his response just fucking oh, breaks my heart because you can tell he's just all oh, oh, he's just out of it. He's like out of ideas. He doesn't know what to do. He says, Bryce, sweetheart, just get to your apartment and give me an hour. And she cuts him off and says, no, I was waiting for you in here. And she's pointing to her heart. And he says that he was waiting for her, too. <laughs> I'm going to laugh so I'm great. <laughs> But he's begging with her. He's like, they're crying now. And everybody's just dead silent. And nobody knows what to do with this. And and he's begging with her, please, please, Bryce, you have to go home now before more come through. And she just says to him, I forgive you for the shit with the synth, for all of it. None of it matters, not anymore. And she ends the call. And he can see on the screen uh, that she's taking off for the gate and he's just yelling at the screen after her. Like he's just standing up in the middle of this room, screaming Bryce at the screen and nobody can do anything. Well, but not only that, but she put the sword down and she puts her phone down next to the fucking sword. Well, she's not coming back for it. Yeah. Nope. She's gone. She's gone. That was it. Those were her goodbyes as much as Hunt didn't want them to be. She, she's pretty sure she ain't making it out of this. And that's the end of the chapter, you guys. Yeah. So y'all can laugh at me for crying. No, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot. I it really hurts to think. I can very very vividly picture um, from that side of the conversation everybody watching her on the screen as Uh she's saying all of this and and. Hunt being both thankful that he's able to talk to her at all because he's obviously thinking that was never going to happen again. Right. You know, he's getting this last chance to talk to her, but also realizing that the only reason she's calling him is because she doesn't plan to make it through like the next 60 minutes. You know what I mean? And And so like, yeah, it's it kind of going off of like your analogy to like, you know, looking at the people who run into the burning building or, you know, 9-11 or whatever. It's kind of like listening to those horrible phone calls of people who knew they weren't going to make it uh, off the flight. Or out of their building because they were too high up yeah. and couldn't get past the burning floors below them. Yeah. So like if you hear any of those, they have those, I know, like at the... Uh, what do they call it? Like the Freedom Tower, the 9-11 Memorial in New York. Like if you hear them, they're just heartbreaking. And on one hand, it's amazing because they were able to get a voicemail out. You know what I mean? They were able to get a last message and so many people didn't get to do that. Couldn't get through, didn't have service, didn't think of it, just, you know, whatever. And some of them were able to, and it's amazing the ones that did and the things that they say in their final moments. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's also interesting to see that here where it's like, this is, like, yes, Bryce is saying her goodbyes because she doesn't think she's going to make it. But, like, the things she says basically about how she forgives all of them for the things that they've done. Like, that is, a, like, I don't know. I just think that that's really amazing. She didn't just call to be like, I love you. Like, you know what I mean? Right. She actually called to give them all peace. That if she didn't make it out of this, she did not go out mad at any of them. You know what I mean? Right. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah. 
it takes a level of a maturity and a plum yeah. that a lot of people just don't have. So yeah, absolutely. It's very wow. I know. <laughs> and um, it only gets like more and more wild from here. I can tell you that because I have run ahead. Um <laughs> Finally, took you long enough. Uh, hey, life has been lifey. Um, <laughs> but that being said, uh, if you have thoughts on everything up to this point, or maybe thoughts about things in the, in the next couple of chapters, because we're going to be recording that pretty soon too, and you guys will be getting it before uh, too long here, you can reach out to us on all the things. Uh, all the things have two A's, like Sarah J. Mass's name, because we're cute like that. <laughs> so, website, massivefansbookclub.com, Facebook at Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast, Twitter at Massive Podcast, Instagram at Massive Fans Podcast, Pinterest at Massive Fans and TikTok at Massive Fan Pod. Like I said, all the things. Yep, all the things. <laughs> and if you just um, want to like email us and make fun of me for laughing, you're welcome to do that too. I'm fine oh, that's that. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, or you can send us pictures of your uh, tear soaked pages because we've all seen those. <laughs> yes. You go to the Facebook groups on uh, for Crescent City, and especially yep. it starts, it usually starts when Lily does her heroicisms. Yeah. And it, it just kind of goes from there. Like, I remember one person posted that. And then, like, the next day, she's like, all right, I stayed up all night finishing the rest of this. And I haven't stopped crying. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, feel ya. I'm there with you, friend. Every yeah. time. Every single stinking time. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yep. SJM doing dirty like that. Uh yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway okay we will talk with you more next week mm, yep. okay bye bye